Hey, this is Susanna from Thornvale, and you're listening to Too Many Podcasts. Hey there, people of the pods, and all of you podsters and podettes. It's another episode of Too Many Podcasts. I'm Jim, your personal podcast chirpa, master of ceremonies, keeper of the flame, and lady of the lamp when I need the money, which has been pretty often. Theme week here at the Chalet. This week's theme is storytelling, and my guest this week is Stacy the Kid. Stacy hosts the podcast Joints and Faults and is now co-hosting a new podcast as well. Stacy is a monologist, writer, and poet in addition to being a podcaster. And you thought your weekends were busy? I was lucky enough to catch him in between projects for a really interesting and enlightening interview. We'll also have Sherpa suggestions and later on, at long last, the details of this podcast's first contest that I'm sure at least three of you have been looking forward to. Okay, make that definitely two. But you can't say that my YouTube channel didn't warn you. So let's get started with Stacy's interview right after this. Hey everybody, we're here in the conference room at the Sherpa Chalet. And my guest today is Stacy the Kid. Now you may not know Stacy, but uh, he's got a new podcast out called Jaunts and Faults. And we're here to talk to him a little about the podcast and a little bit about himself. He's a really interesting guy and I'm glad to have him on my show. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Stacey. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful for it. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so first and foremost, I like to think of myself as a storyteller at play. Um, constantly wanting to be better at telling stories through different formats. Um, I'm a spoken word poet. I'm an ex-military veteran. Um, I am also a barista <laughs> that's the day job right now and um been in and out of performing and being on stage for since i was about eight years old actually um grew up in the church so a lot of public speaking in in that realm and just kind of fell into this podcasting thing okay and uh have you always been writing yes yes yeah. as, as Early as I can remember, writing has always been a big part of my life. Um, I used to keep a journal when I was younger. Uh, I stopped writing for a while, though, which is something that um, a lot of people tend to always be a little interested in, more so than anything else. Like, why did you stop writing? Um, and for the most part, it had a lot to do with personal perception of myself in a, in a big way of like not thinking that I was a good writer and it took a while for me to get past that. So, um, I stopped writing for about a solid all, almost decade, um, when I was in high, from high school up until now. So from about 16 until I was I'm almost 26. I'm just turned 26 this past year. Um, I picked back up writing, um, in the past two years. So, been a been a been a long interesting ride with with writing. <laughs> okay, were there any authors that like inspired you, or you just wanted to write because you just wanted to get your feelings out on paper? I have so many different authors that have impacted me. Um, in terms of sort of my my main like top three, um, there was Robert Jordan and his Wheel of Time series. It was R.A. Salvatore and his Dritzko Erden series. And then finally, one of a more contemporary 
contemporary, more uh, modern day author, Neil Gaiman and American Gods. And a lot of people probably know American Gods now because it's become a a really well-renowned show. But, you know, I read the book beforehand and the Nazi uh, boys beforehand. So those three authors really, really heavily impacted me um, as, a, as a kid and throughout my life. Are there any uh, contemporary writers that you admire right now or? Right now? Um, this is going to be a little off the wall. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a little off the wall because I don't consider this person necessarily, he's a writer, but he's not necessarily what people would consider a traditional writer. Um, in the form of Dungeons and Dragons, we have, uh, if anybody knows Critical Role, uh, I know you had uh, Savannah on not too long ago from Thornville. I absolutely love her podcast. I love her. She's super cool. Um, she and I have connected as well, and she probably talks about Critical Role a little bit. And um, Matt Mercer, like, he takes a lot of time writing out his entire world and his story and i love that <laughs> i love his storytelling man his storytelling is phenomenal um but if we're not talking like something like that um poetry wise rudy francisco um and um joshua bennett those two guys hit near and dear to my heart like so very very much so um as as uh, young, because they're still very, very young, quote-unquote, authors and poets, but they're still so well-known. Um, and a lot of times people talk about how being an author, um, you, you don't get your fame and your fortune until, and, you know, big air quotes on that, until after you pass kind of thing. But with, you know, today's society and our social media world, that's, doesn't seem to be the case. <laughs> That's true. We, uh, I guess you become a little bit more visible a lot, lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. But I guess and you have to hit the ground running, though, when you do it, right? Yeah, you do. And it's, but it's interesting because, like, I remember um, the very first time I saw Joshua Bennett. I never met, I never got to see him in person, never saw him um, live or anything like that. I saw him on YouTube. And it was the poem, 10 Things I Want to Say to a Black Woman. And I remember watching this, this like small, it's basically like a small music video. And this music video, for lack of a better word, was so powerful that I immediately sent it to my mom. Like, I have no, I can't say it any better than this. Like, this guy has hit everything I ever wanted to say to you and say thank you for on the head and this just just here listen to it watch it and i think that's part of the reason why those guys hit so close to home um and rudy francisco one of his uh his poems the very first one i i heard from him was um scars uh to the new boyfriend and i, w I was going through a really bad breakup at the time so obviously you know that resonated in its time for its purpose so those are some of the more contemporary writers and poets that i really like but 
honestly, man, I would say the very first three, you know, Neil Gaiman, Ari Salvatore, Robert Jordan, those three definitely shaped my, for, for, for lack of a better word, my style, I guess, more so than anything else. So, yeah. Okay. And you were in, you said you, that you were in the military. Uh, thank you for your yeah. service, by the way. Thank uh, you. Did that military lifestyle, did that affect any of your writing? Oh, yes. Uh, very much so. But it's in a different, it's, it's so, I don't want to say auxiliary or ancillary, but it's so understated that a lot of people may not pick it up. Um, one of the things that I took from the military that kind of sticks to me today is cadence. Um, you know, when you're marching, there's, they're singing cadence. And part of the reason why when you're marching is to keep you in a rhythm. And if you're in a rhythm, it makes the work easier. That's part of the reason why they do it. So you can march for miles and miles and just sing. And you can stay in that rhythm. It's sort of like if you watch a, a horse or a dog trot for millions of miles, it's because they have that sort of rhythm. And I took that sort of mindset in how I write, especially when I'm writing my poetry. Um, it needs to have a, a certain cadence to it, a certain rhythm, because I want it to. I want to pull people into that to give them a specific feeling at the time. So a lot of my my poems have like a certain like bounce to them, if you will. Um, and I, I, but it's so minor. But at the same time, it's like a really big part of how I form my poetry, specifically my poetry. Okay. And um, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast because oh, it's really yeah. it's really unique. You know, we were just saying that before. <laughs> and uh, so let's start from the, with the simple stuff. Now, how did you get the title Jaunts and Faults? I'm a word guy, man. <laughs> I'm a real big word guy. Uh, so... One of my favorite pastimes as a kid growing up was literally looking through the dictionary. And I used to look through the dictionary and the source all the time. So much so that I just would look for other ways of saying something. Something so minor as, uh, you know, the sky is blue. You know, I'd try to find out different ways of saying blue, cerulean, and, and navy and all this other sapphire and all these other ways of saying the word blue. Um, and for me, my podcast is really about sort of discovering, it is about discovering, you know, yourself a little bit and discovering and looking at yourself in the mirror. Um, but it's also about the journey. So jaunts, um, a jaunt is something, a journey taking for pleasure and specifically for pleasure it is not about um, getting to a specific destination. It's not about getting um, around any specific type of obstacle. It's not about anything other than the pleasure of the journey. Um, I really wanted to hone in on those types of things, um, but I also wanted to focus on, you know, fault and problems and how sometimes in life very very much so we we overlook things um we overlook a lot of things and 
we need to take a lot more for we take a lot more for granted than we than we say we do. Um, and that's a fault in and of itself. And being able to sort of play with that idea, but not like be so direct as to be like, oh, you and me to know like I don't wanna I don't wanna beat people over the head for lack of a better word or lack of a better term. I don't wanna beat people over the head with the idea. So I want it to be fun. But I also want it to be um, something that you're exploring, something very deep and meaningful, for lack of a more direct answer, I guess. <laughs> okay. Now, um, we can't talk about your podcast without not talking about Sorrow the Watcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I listened to one of your earlier shows, and you, you kind of explained where he came from. There's really, you know, he, he's phonetically appropriate, appropriately named, I guess you could say, because he does know sorrow and he does know sadness and he seems kind of jaded by the world that he lives in. Oh yeah. Very much so. Um, Sorrow. So sorrow is, he's a representation of a part of myself that I work very hard on. And that is cynicism, man. Um, I believe, especially as a, and this, you know, may get a little uh, heavy for some people, but, you know, as a black kid growing up in, you know, Miami Gardens, Florida, where a lot of people, especially down here in South Florida, a lot of people, um, you know, know it as the murder gardens, you know, like I wasn't, I never experienced a lot of what I know many people that are close to me have experienced, like losing family members. Um, you know, two blocks away from you. But it didn't happen to me necessarily, but it happened around me. And going through those types of things will kind of make you harden to the world, make you a little pissed off, like, what the, what, 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 why, why is this happening? And I've gotten very much into this rhythm in this place of, hey, you can't change those types of things all the time. As much as you want to, um, the best you can do is sometimes just hold up the mirror. And sorrow is that person. He, he can't do anything. Just, for, just because his own personal circumstance, he doesn't have the power to. So because he doesn't have the power to, the only thing he can do is recite all these tales and recite all these memories back to people and tell the story of, you know, brokenness and horrible actions, but also the good stuff too. Like um, there's a one part of the episode where he mentions um, in one of my episodes, I think it was like the third or fourth episode where he mentioned um, Stefan's daughter and he goes into this sort of side rant about how people call her stupid how people call her you know just a silly girl because she's still smiling anyway and that for me was him like it wasn't him calling her stupid it wasn't him calling her silly it was more him you know going but look man even though she just lost her dad even though she's 
in the world by herself now, she's still able to smile. And look at the rest of these people that are downing her for that. Like, how stupid are they? And that, that to me is where Sorrow's like power really lies as a narrator and as a character. He can see those types of things that people take for granted and go, yeah, they don't really understand the power of this one little child, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, Sorrow the Watcher. <laughs> Good. I like that character a lot, man. I like that character a lot. <laughs> and, and you've just wound down with your first portion of the story. Is that correct? Yes. So the first segment um, of the story has sort of kind of, it was sort of like an introduction. It was a way of getting people to know Sorrow a little bit and to introduce them to the world that he lives in. Um, and now we're going to be going sort of backwards um, and telling the history of kind of how we got to this point. So I'm actually really excited. Um, I'm not going to be working on this by myself. I do have um, voice actors and artists that will be helping me out with this. So I'm really, really excited for the next uh, couple of episodes. Um, I got a buddy of mine who's a really great voice actor. Um, We actually recorded a small little segment of that today. So super, super fun. Super, super happy about that. Okay. And I understand that uh, congratulations are in order because you're going to be a dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's another reason why I think this has sort of come about and started more so. Um, one of the biggest things that I was I was kind of brought up on was the idea of... Um, right? But one of the things that my dad has always kind of like beaten to my skull is, hey, man, kids don't... They don't do what you say. They do what you do. So try to, for me, it's, it's like, if I want to be an example to my son, and I am having a little boy, if I want to be the, the best example I can be, I need to first be the best man in person that I can be. And not by anybody else's standards, but my own. And that's the, the big thing right now. So I'm trying my best to be a better storyteller. I'm trying my best to be a better podcaster. and. If people love it, people like it, that's awesome. If people don't, then, hey, it's not really for them. It's about me and my journey and telling the stories that I want to hear. Now, what what kind of stories do you think that you'll be reading to your son once he's born? Um, You know, honestly, I'll probably be reading the same things that my dad read to me. Uh, My dad read, like, Moby Dick to me and Dickens and, like, Edgar Allan Poe. And people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's the stuff my dad read to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. some really thoughtful, fun things. <laughs> now, uh, I understand you just launched another podcast called Playing in Mindfields. You want to yes. talk about that a little bit? So Playing in Mindfields is a podcast um, that is focused around the relationship to self, first and foremost. So to kind of give you an example, you know, one of the things I just mentioned was, you know, if people like it, cool. If people don't, you know, it's not really about people enjoying my content. It's about my journey and telling the stories I want to hear. And ultimately, what I believe is if you are going to have healthy relationships of any kind, whether it is 
friendships, whether it's business relationships, whether it's romantic relationships. Ultimately, that boils down to being a healthy person and understanding, accepting, and working on self. So me and my buddy Alex Obed, um, really, really awesome guy. I love him to death. He and I are completely two different ends of the spectrum in terms of where we grew up, what we've been exposed to, sort of how we live our lives. And we talk about those things. We talk about everything from society and how society pushes masculinity on men to um, philosophy and how that all relates back to how does one deal with the inner self and how does one become more integrated and more authentically themselves. That's great. You know, it was funny, you were talking about cadence earlier and just working with a co-host now, does that kind of change your cadence for doing a show? Um, a little bit, a little bit. It's interesting because it's like a, one thing that I, I appreciate about my buddy Alex is that Alex and I, we talked for like a solid year before we ever started the podcast. And in doing that, we were able to like understand sort of what our, what our rhythm was. So we were able to get the call and response down and if you listen to the podcast, you'll notice like there'll be times where we'll go off on tangents, but because of the way we, we, we sort of work together so well, it's easy enough for us to pop back into something, hit on one point, jump over to the next point, and it doesn't lose its flow, which is one of the reasons why I love working with him so very much, man. It, it doesn't, it makes the cadence it makes the cadence a little bit easier, believe it or not. Because I have a, it's like I have a, a wall to bounce the idea off of. And when they, they bring, when they send it back to me, it's not like they're sending it back to me and it's so out of left field that it's hard to reach. It's more like, ah, okay, now I can hit it back this way or that way and we can go down this path or that path. And that's one of the things that I love about it. Well, since we're talking about podcasts, and this is a show about podcasts, are there any uh, special podcasts that you like to listen to? And I say the word podcast a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so absolutely, if you guys aren't listening to Susanna and Thornbill, her podcast is phenomenal. Um, I love it. I've been listening to it ever since she released it. So really, really like Thornbill. Um, beyond Thornbill, I've been listening to um, Critical Role, obviously. And I've also been listening to Snap Judgment and a few other ones along that line, like storytelling. And um, I really honestly don't like super heavy production on my podcast, which is sort of weird for, for somebody like myself because I really like high production, like value, like film, but not in my podcast. I really just enjoy hearing people's voices and hearing how they're able to stretch and utilize their own tool. You know, a, a lot of your podcast is based on your writings and your dialogue and the more sparse you're keeping it also, I think mm -hmm. the listener would, you know, notice what you're saying and not listen to the dun da da, da you know, behind yeah. it, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy the podcast that I enjoy because a lot of them don't have really, really heavy production behind it. 
you kind of have to listen and take in the story and the dialogue. And that to me, less is more, right? Less is more. And I love that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we do have a portion of the interview that we uh, call Shameless Self-Promotion. And this is where I turn it over to you and you can let everybody know, you know what you're up to, where they can get in contact with you, whatever you want to sell. The mic is all yours, sir. All right. So if you guys are wanting to listen to John and Fault, that is J-A-U-N-T-S-A-N-D-F-A-L-T-S, anchor.fm. Go ahead and check me out over there. If you want to keep up to date with me on any of my social media, by all means, please do. I'm, you can find me under stacy.the.kid uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on Holospace. I'm on a bunch of different social media platforms. So just go ahead and type in stacy.the.kid and you'll be able to find me. You know, one last quick question that I just thought of. Uh, how'd you end up with the kid? How did you get the nickname? So that is actually a reminder to myself. Um, never to take the adult pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really what it is. It's a, it's a reminder to myself to make sure that I continuously have fun with what I'm doing. So as long as I'm having fun, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> I like it. Guys, Johnson Fultz, that's Stacy the Kid. Check out his podcast. And Stacy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jim. I really appreciate this. Oh, my pleasure. Take care. Hey, it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. Here are a few more storytelling podcasts to check out if you like podcasts like Jaunts and Fultz. Stop Judgment, which is described as storytelling with a beat. This is presented by WNYC Studios. Also, we have The Truth, Selected Shorts, The Stoop Storytelling Series. These are true stories told in front of live studio audiences. And finally, This American Life. This is a weekly podcast which has been heard by over 2 million people and has won all of the major broadcasting awards. All right, that's it for this week's Sherpa Suggestions. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for checking out Too Many Podcasts. And a special thanks to Stacy the Kid for coming on the show. Check out Johnson Faults and Playing with Minefields. You won't be disappointed. Don't forget, you can find my podcast on almost every podcast app, except for one which I'm working on. I'll keep you posted about that app with the letter I in the heart. <laughs> Don't forget to leave a nice review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And now there's a really good reason to do so. And that reason is behind the first contest brought to you by Too Many Podcasts. Here's what you need to know. Listen and subscribe. Leave a nice review on Stitcher or iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media and post hashtag Viva La Sherpolution on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'll be looking for reviews and posts and choosing people to be guests on this podcast. See? Potential fame awaits. The contest will run through the end of July, so check out my YouTube channel, Jim the Podcast Sherpa, for more details after the show airs. For more details, you'll get at least a 10-minute interview where you can promote whatever you want. You can email me at jimthepodcastsherpa at gmail.com 
to let me know what you'd like to do and we'll iron the details out. There can possibly be more than one winner, so please make sure that you leave the review first because that's where I'm going to be looking at finalists. So until next time, as we Sherpas like to say, enter the contest already. Thanks for listening. See you next time, you potential contest winner, you.